Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over a hundred different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Notice how much better you will feel by having a consistent practice to support you staying centered. Welcome, everybody, to the 100th episode of the Centered in the City podcast. Woohoo! I am celebrating solo in my office as I speak to you in this moment, but just know that my eyes are closed and I'm just visualizing all of the thousands of listeners that I've had on this podcast over the last three, four years. And being in this moment to celebrate a hundred episodes with you all. Thank you to everybody who's listened, who has shared this podcast, who's rated it or reviewed. Your feedback, your thoughts mean the world to me. Uh, It really is the fuel that keeps me going. So please don't stop. It really helps me understand what resonates with you, what you want to learn more about, what you enjoy about this podcast for future episodes, for future growth and impact. So in the solo episode today, I wanted to take a moment to share my answers to some questions that I have asked guests for the last few months and you know in hopes that it gives you some more insight into my philosophy and and also my beliefs and and the basis of a lot of work that I do with individuals and corporations and then I also want to talk about more of the process of podcasting and kind of my own journey with it in hopes that um it maybe inspires you to get your voice out there or inspires you to pursue a creative endeavor because we all have something inside of us cooking and a lot of the times it's our fears and the different belief systems that we have in our minds that hold us back and keep us small. So I want to begin by responding to this prompt that I asked of what does self-care mean to me? And this is a question I asked a lot of my guests in the beginning when I started to interview people. And what self-care means to me is really simple. And I think it gets diluted in our modern day world with consumerism. But for me, self-care is literally caring for self. It's the ability to tune in and listen to what our mind and our body and our soul and our heart needs and wants in that moment. 
It's this act of deep listening and this ability to honor ourselves when we listen. And when we listen to ourselves, we get to hear some answers. You know, I need a glass of water or I need a hug or I need to move my body in this way or um, I'm looking for some sort of expression. Maybe I don't know what it is, but that's what my system is telling me. I want to express myself in this moment. And when we get to practice self-care, it is like this deep nourishment and acknowledge of self that we are a human being in this body, in this moment of life. And where mindfulness comes into this is mindfulness is a really powerful practice in us strengthening our ability and our insights to listen to self, to be able to practice self-care. So for me, that's why the basis of everything is mindfulness work, because it really gives us, when we strengthen our awareness, when we strengthen our ability to be present in the moment, moment to moment, we are listening to self. And we are then able to live life more intentionally. And if you know my work and know my philosophies, you know I'm all about trying to live an intentional life because life is short and it's not about wasting time, but it's about using our time and our energy intentionally. And in order to live life intentionally, we get to listen to self and what we want to be doing in the moment, not what society is telling us we should be doing or what our brothers or sisters or parents are doing or our best friends, but really listening to self because we are these unique, beautiful beings. So that to me is the gift of self-care. Yes, I love my bubble baths. Yes, I love my facials and my blowouts, but that's not self-care to me. That's like fun, playful stuff. Real self-care is free. Real self-care doesn't need consumerism. Real self-care is, again, that ability to tune in. And the more capacity we have to tune into ourselves and listen and meet ourselves where we are, then the more capacity we have to care for others. Like the more energy we have to give to others, the more generous we can be, the more loving we can be because our needs are getting met. So that's what self-care is in my world and why I'm so passionate about it. And then I've been asking this question of what does being centered mean? What does being centered mean? And for me, being centered is the practice of embodying a mountain. And I've said this before, but it's this practice of equanimity. When I can embody a mountain and be rooted into the ground and be tall and present and feel the length of my spine and my broad shoulders and feel my heart open in the back and the front, and I'm present in the moment. I am not reacting. I am not in the past. I am not in the future. I am right here in the present moment. 
just observing, observing the noise that's happening internally or externally. It's a moment to connect to the senses. What are the smells? touch the sensations that are all around me and so being centered is not a it's a stable state when we're embodying a mountain but the act of being centered is always a practice it's it's like this constant flex and flow that's happening and it's kind of like being centered is this home base it's like oh can I come back to right because something's going to pull our attention or life is going to pull us in a certain direction and like oh yeah can I come back to the centered space or how can I bring this quality of centeredness so this kind of mountain like pose into whatever I'm doing so whether I'm listening to others or whether I'm speaking or holding space for people or even just walking around a city, you know, how can I take this mountain like practice, mountain embodied practice with me wherever I go? So it's it's really tangible to me and it's something that I practiced over years and years and years of feeling this mountain pose within me. And I don't mean um, the mountain pose in yoga, even though that really works well too. Um, for me, it's always stemmed from an imagery of a mountain and practicing a mountain meditation and this ability to visualize and embody a mountain. And that to me is what centered means. And just recently I was in New York City and I spent a lot of time in Central Park. And Central Park was just this beautiful example of what centered in the city means to me. That amid this big hustle and bustle city with lots of old and new buildings and millions of people running about and cars and trucks and bikes and strollers and rollerblades and bike, you know, like all these things that are constantly moving around in it. There's Central Park, which just is this like beautiful little oasis in the center of the city. This big green space that becomes this respite, this place of tranquility, this place of inspiration, this place of nature to kind of come back to self. And so I noticed just crossing the the east side to the west side, the west side back to the east side, just taking that time to connect to the centered space and notice how I could like feel my breath a little bit more when I was just in this green space crossing the city and how we can practice taking some of that centeredness with us and again, everything that we do. So moving forward in the podcast, I'm going to take a few weeks off uh, for a break. And I'm curious what my new prompt will be that I'm going to ask guests at the beginning of my episodes. I kind of like switching it up every, you know, 20, 30 episodes or so 
to just get after we've gotten kind of a, a holistic view of a lot of people's answers. And it's so cool to hear how different every guest's answers have been whether they were asked about what self-care means to them or what being centered means to them. So if you have ideas, feel free to reach out and let me know. Let me know what you're curious to hear about when I interview guests. Um, But yeah, I'm curious. So I'm just listening right now and paying attention to what would I like to learn more about? You know, what would be really interesting to hear a variety of people's perspective on? So stay tuned for that in future episodes. I want to shift gears slightly and and talk about what this podcasting experience has been like for me because it's definitely been a journey. I launched Center in the City back in 2017 and I was inspired by one of my mentors, Jenny Blake, who has the Pivot podcast and also um, her new podcast, Um, and her new book coming out soon. And she really inspired me to use this platform as a way to connect with my audience. And at the time in 2017, I didn't really know what or how I wanted to connect with people in the podcast. And so I decided to use it as a space to share my meditation recordings. It's like this is a way you can get my meditations right into your phone, make it super simple and easy. And the whole intention with Centered in the City is that it is this oasis for you to practice listening to yourself and building some skills and resourcefulness to manage the ups and downs and twists and turns of life. And so I wanted to share a whole variety of different types of podcast meditations for different moments in your life, whether it's a wedding day meditation or you're waiting in line or practicing patience or letting go. I also have a mountain meditation if you're curious to practice more of that on the podcast. So those are like the beginning year episodes are all recorded podcasts. But then I was inspired to challenge myself to do some interviews. And I was really nervous and really intimidated about the whole interviewing process. I didn't want to spend a lot of time editing. I didn't want to spend a lot of time trying to find guests. And I kind of went through this whole, you know, imposter syndrome of like, who's going to want to come on my podcast? Um, you know, what am I going to have to say? Can I speak clearly enough? You know, what, um, what value will this podcast add? You know, so many different thoughts and fears and limiting beliefs went through my mind. And so I noticed all of those and I said, I'm never going to know if this is something that I actually care about or something that I actually enjoy or something that is actually helpful in the world unless I do it, unless I try it. So I started with a pilot and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do, I think I said to myself, I'm just going to do 15 interviews and take a moment to pause and see if I like this. And so I did 15 interviews. I asked some of my favorite people to come on and be those first guests, which felt really bold where, you know, I, I didn't know how it's going to go and I do all the editing and I was like, ugh, is this going to, 
Is this going to help them? Is this going to be beneficial? You know, again, all of the swirls of self-doubt came in. And so I stopped about 15 and I was like, I don't know yet if I enjoyed that or not. I don't know if that was helpful to people. And then one day in between my pause after I did my 15, I had a few people reach out to me, some people I knew, some people I didn't know, to tell me how much they were enjoying the podcast. And I just was like, ah, you know, it was the sign I needed from the world to give me some feedback because when you're podcasting, you're kind of talking into the ethos unless you have a a guest on and you don't really know what listeners are thinking or feeling as they're listening to your words. And I really respect your time and your ear space and want to make sure that it's filled with content that feels really nourishing and supportive. So I heard from a few people that this podcast, they, they were loving it. And that just gave me the inspiration and the feedback and the momentum to continue on. And I'm really grateful for for the people that give feedback, you know. So just as a side note, if you love something or if someone's giving you great service or if you have a great waiter or, you know, a really friendly bus driver or um, you love somebody's podcast or their content or um, you love your hairstylist, whatever it is, like make sure to take the time to give them the feedback that you appreciate them because that is so helpful for people to know that what they're doing is meaningful. So make sure you do that, whatever or whoever that is, even if it's a family member, you know, sometimes you can take our family members for granted. Okay, a little aside. So that gave me the energy to keep going. And I have really loved podcasting since then. And I have figured out a way to work with all of those self-doubts and the thinking traps that rolled into my mind. So I keep editing really simple. I make sure that I find guests that I'm really excited to talk to, whether they're people I know or contacts, and make it as easeful and joyful as possible. I try not to complicate it and think that I need to hold myself on this uber professional pedestal. But for me, it's more about the impact of what I'm doing than the how I'm doing it. So if I know that I'm creating impact for others and serving and supporting others with the content on this, that to me is what keeps me going and it supports me getting out of the perfectionist mindset that I need to have, you know, the best mic, need to be in a soundproof studio, need to have, you know, the sexiest guests that are going to have, that are going to pull in so many uh, different viewers. And just letting that all go has been really helpful. Some other thinking traps that came up for me and this will probably be really helpful for people who have some anxiety around public speaking whether it's on a podcast or in front of people these thoughts could be what are other people going to think of me they're going to think I'm 
dumb or I'm not eloquent or I'm not smart enough or who am I to be up here on the stage or on this podcast speaking to you, right? Some of that kind of imposter syndrome. Um, Or maybe it's a gremlin voice of I'm not good enough, right? I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. So why am I here or uh, why am I even going to put myself out there? Or some catastrophizing thoughts of, oh my God, I'm going to bomb this talk or this speech or this interview or this solo podcast, right? Whatever the kind of thought is. So all of these different thinking traps and mindset work comes up and how I've had and gotten to deal with it and work with it is by doing. So what I mean by that is I recognize the thoughts that come up. I recognize, oh, there's a lot of fear here, right? Fear that I'm going to fail, fear that I'm not good enough, fear that um, what others are going to think of me. And so those are so common, especially when we're putting ourselves out there and we're creating something. It's very vulnerable. So again, whether you're on stage giving a keynote or you're in class and sharing something or whether you're on a podcast sharing something, it can be really vulnerable. And so just noticing the thoughts, right? And like, oh, that's my mind. And you can even challenge your thoughts, right? Be with your thoughts of like, how true is it that people are going to think you're dumb? Maybe some people, but probably not a lot of people. And why do you want to let those people dictate how you're showing up? Right? Or, oh, I'm going to bomb. I'm going to fail this. That's just me thinking of a worst case scenario. And why do I want to feed a worst case scenario? Let me instead put my focus on me doing a really kick-ass job. And again, I don't know if I'm going to do a kick-ass job because again, that's future guessing, future estimating, but I'd rather bet on myself and be my best friend and, and cheerleader in life than somebody who's constantly critical and pulling myself down. So it's been helpful for me in this process with mindset work is noticing the thoughts, gently challenging them with a lot of love and doing it anyway. Because what's the worst that can happen? I can run a pilot of 15 episodes and interviews. Maybe I got no feedback that people weren't enjoying it and that would have been maybe an opportunity for me to really say okay I don't know if this is creating value maybe we should survey people or maybe right now that was enough and I can take a pause and wait till I maybe get more creative and think of a different way to connect to audience members or a different way to serve people through the podcast. I also had a limiting belief that because my voice is scratchy and a little raspy and I've gotten feedback in my life from somebody who I was going to do some recording work that my voice sounded too nasal to be on 
recording. And so that stuck with me. And that was a belief of, oh, I'm not a voice person. I shouldn't be putting my voice out there in this way. But then I hear also all of this other beautiful feedback that my voice is really calming. And again, I get to choose which story I want to live, which one is helpful, which one uh, supports me stepping into my literal voice and power to be of service. So I get to ask myself that. And I think when we can think of our bigger why, our bigger purpose for doing things, whether it's um, a place of to create social justice or a place to save the environment or a place of wanting there to be more love or compassion in the world or a place where, you know, a world where we see um, everybody eating more nourishing food or a place where we see kids not afraid to go to school. Uh, You know, whatever our bigger mission and purpose is in life, that gets to drive us to override all of the fear and the limiting beliefs that are going to come up and they're going to keep coming up again and again and again. But when we stay connected to this bigger purpose, it becomes this driving factor to help us navigate all of the thinking traps that can come up and again we have these choice points we kind of it's kind of like driving and getting stuck in the mud like our wheels might get stuck in the mud stuck in these thinking traps but if we have enough of that horsepower to stay connected to our purpose it can pull us out of the mud instead of getting you know, pulled deeper into the mud and needing a toe to get out. So my why of staying connected to the podcast is not only knowing that this podcast is of service and supporting people all over the world, but it's this ability to help people hear and feel and connect to themselves and see themselves on a deeper level. And so if my podcast can offer a platform, an accessible free platform to help people hear, feel, and see themselves on a deeper level, then that is my goal. That is my why. And when we can hear, feel, and see ourselves on deeper levels, that allows us again to full circle, practice self-care, come back to the caring of self so that we can then care for the community and serve and support the community because the world so desperately needs us each to be showing up and doing our part. I also want to take this opportunity to just give a little bit more context to Centered in the City, the platform that I created a year ago and really why I created it, the need that I saw from it. And one of the things that I kept hearing from people I worked with or friends was that they wanted to have consistent, healthy, and nourishing practices for themselves and their life. They recognized that they kind of yo-yoed with practices, whether it was a meditation practice or movement practice or cooking for themselves, And they wanted something that they could really hone in, something that they could stay really consistent with. 
And as we know, the pandemic really created a rupture in our world. Working from home and living from home and maybe having children to manage at home as well or responsibilities of taking care of other family members as well. It all felt really heavy and overwhelming for a lot of people, especially as we navigated all of this uncertainty that was happening with the pandemic and politically and globally and socially and and racially and all of this rupture that happened in 2020. And I know a lot about navigating uncertainty. It is still not my most favorite thing, but I feel like, you know, I have been through a lot of uncertainty in my life and it has allowed me to have resiliency and maybe some insight and perspective around uncertainty that a lot of other people might not have. And what I realized when I was navigating my uncertainty in 2010, what I also like to refer to as my shitstorm, when I was diagnosed with cancer while at the same time losing my mother to her own battle of cancer, was that amid all of that uncertainty, all of that chaos, I needed something to hold on to. And I don't mean control even though I definitely am a controller and still a controller and always working with that I mean something to hold on to something to keep me grounded because I was floundering there was so much instability so much instability of how was I going to pay for health insurance where was there enough money could we live in my mom's apartment still um how was I going to finish school? What were we going to do now that our mother, our best friend was passed away? All of it was just swirling around. And we didn't have that much help. You know, we had help. We had a lot of love. But we really didn't have that much help as young adults, my brother, sister, and I, navigating all of um this unorganized process that our our mother beautifully left us in the midst of a beautiful mess that I was personally dealing with. And so amid all of that, I really had to stay focused. I knew that I needed some rituals in my life that kept me focus that kept me going that had something to look forward to that had a way to help me manage the stress overwhelmed that helped me manage connecting to myself that I could hear myself so that I didn't get swallowed whole by all of the chaos or lose myself and when that happened you know it's really when I doubled down into all of these holistic self-care practices that I talk about, a meditation practice, really learning how to be with myself in the present moment, a mindful eating practice and mindful cooking practice, mindful movement practices, taking the time to journal and listen to myself and process the stress and the grief and the overwhelm that I was facing. So all of these practices that became these staples in my life 
were things that kept me feeling centered. They were things that kept me feeling like I could be this mountain in a world that felt chaotic and stormy and um, scary. And so that's why I was then so passionate about creating a way to help a lot of people build a ritual for themselves, build a consistent practice for themselves, and then have a growing library, kind of think about it as like Netflix for mindfulness, a growing library of holistic resources that are at your fingertips so that you can stay consistent, so that you can have some tools and resources at your fingertips that help you feel centered, that help you practice self-care. So this beautiful culmination of the podcast and of creating centeredinthecity.org, the subscription platform and resources that I have for people, that becomes a vehicle to help me practice my why and help me use my voice and to help me serve more people because that is my vision. That's how I want to be helping people in this world. I wanted to just give you some background information and story to all that I've been creating behind the scenes and I haven't done it alone. So thank you to everybody who's been a guest on the podcast, who has helped me with centeredinthecity.org, my platform, and all of you listeners that give me the fuel and the inspiration to keep going, to keep serving and supporting. If you ever have requests or topics you would like me to focus on, please reach out and let me know. I love, 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 love hearing from you. And until next time, stay centered.